Welcome once again to the I'm in Love With That Song podcast. I'm your host, Brad Page, and each episode we explore a different song together to find out what goes into making a great song. Well, I wasn't originally planning on talking about this song, but not that long ago, on June 4th, 2020, we lost another player in rock history, Steve Priest from Sweet. Sweet were one of the pioneers of glam rock. They had a few hits here in America, but they were huge in Europe and England. So let's give this band their due and pay our respects to Steve Priest by taking a closer look at one of their more significant hits. This is Sweet with Fox on the Run. Sweet formed in 1968, originally as The Sweet Shop, then shortened to The Sweet, and eventually just Sweet. Steve Priest was on bass, Andy Scott played guitar, Mick Tucker was the drummer, and Brian Connolly handled the lead vocals. By 1974, the band had racked up a series of hits, mostly in the UK, with tracks like Wig Wham Bam and Blockbuster. If you've never seen the clip of them playing Blockbuster on Top of the Pops with Steve Priest dressed as a gay Nazi, you don't know what you're missing. They also had some success in the U.S. with Little Willie. Probably the song they're most famous for in America, Ballroom Blitz. The thing was, though, all of those songs were written for them by their management team of Mike Chapman and Nicky Chin. The band was pretty frustrated at this point because their own songwriting wasn't being taken seriously. But they had a secret weapon nestled deep on their most recent album. Desolation Boulevard was Sweet's third album. Tucked away on side two was a track called Fox on the Run. Songwriting credits go to all four band members, 
though guitarist Andy Scott was really the one who came up with the song. Chin and Chapman weren't really interested in promoting songs written by the band, but luckily their record label, RCA Records, saw some potential in the song. Now here's where things get tricky. There are two versions of the Desolation Boulevard album, released about eight months apart. The original version was released by RCA Records in Europe and England in November 1974. In July 1975, Capitol Records released an alternate version of the album in the U.S., along with Canada and Japan, that had a bunch of different songs on it. The American version of the album ditched about half of the songs from the original and added in a handful of tracks from Sweet's second album instead. That second album had never been released in the States, so most of those songs were new to the U.S. market. And to make matters more confusing, there are two different versions of Fox on the Run. As we said before, the original song appeared on the U.K. version of the album. But with the record label support, Sweet went back into the studio without Chin and Chapman's knowledge or approval and recorded a new version of the song, tightening it up, smoothing out some of the rough edges and adding some elements to make it more appealing to pop radio. And it worked. They had a hit on both sides of the Atlantic with a song that they had written on their own. Mission accomplished. So that leaves us with a dilemma. Which version do we listen to here? My tendency is to always go with the more raw, harder rockin' version of a song, especially when that's the original. But the version that I came to know and love was the re-recorded version, the one that came out as a single. Let's call that the single version. It's probably the version that most people are familiar with. It's more concise, and I think it's actually the more interesting version. But hey, this is my show, and I can do what I want. So let's listen to a little of both versions here. Here's how the original version started. Guitars up front with the live in the studio feel to them. Let's listen to this original version through to the end of the first verse. recorded version has a very different beginning. The guitars are lower in the mix with more of a studio sheen on them. But more importantly, there's a new instrument added, a synthesizer, that introduces a whole new hook to the song. While the rest of the band headed down to the pub for a break, guitarist Andy Scott stayed at the studio to keep working on the track. And when they returned, they discovered that Andy had added this synthesizer part. And that's when they all realized they were really on to something now. <laughs> ¶¶ 
that intro has a completely different feel, right? Now, I do prefer the sound of the guitars on the original version, but there is no denying what a powerful and memorable hook that synthesizer adds. Let's continue on with the first verse. So what's different here? Well, besides the overall sound of the guitars and the drums, the most obvious difference on the single version is the addition of that echo on the first word of the verse. That's not there on the original. Let's continue on with the first verse on the single version. I think that echo is a nice touch. Now, here's how they ended the verses on the original version. And here's the single version. Those layered harmonies. It's kind of a sweet trademark. They were doing some of these vocal maneuvers before Queen. In fact, I've heard that Sweet were a bit annoyed that they never got enough credit for that. Let's listen to that again into the first chorus. Notice the shorter echo on the lead vocal here. Nice drum fill by Mick Tucker. There's some powerhouse drumming on what's ostensibly a pop song here. I like how the backing vocals repeat the words second hand there. Notice that they repeat part of the first verse here. According to Andy Scott, the lyrics were written in a rush just to get the track done in time. So they barely had time to finish the second verse, let alone write a third verse. Of course, the song was written about a groupie, like seemingly half the songs in the 70s. This part leads us into the guitar solo. On the original version, the guitar solo is like an extended riff that Andy Scott improvises over. The 
solo goes on like this for over a minute. It's a pretty lengthy jam in the middle of the song. On the single version, it's completely different. It's much shorter, less than 20 seconds, and it's not jammy at all. It's a completely worked out, composed section with harmonized guitars. Totally different vibe than the original. Let's listen. There is a synthesizer part on the chorus. It's set back in the mix so it doesn't jump out, but it's there on every chorus. Some nice drum work by Mick Tucker during the fade. Sweet with Fox on the Run. Sweet were one of those quintessential 70s bands, that mix of hard rock and bubblegum pop, outrageous fashion, swaggering male sexism while gender bending at the same time. None of the band members were gay, but that didn't stop them from camping it up and shocking a lot of parents in the 70s. And what's more rock and roll than that? Singer Brian Connolly died in 1997 from kidney and liver failure, as well as multiple heart attacks. He lived hard. He was only 51. Drummer Mick Tucker died in 2002 from leukemia, age 54. And Steve Priest was 72 when he died in June, leaving only Andy Scott as the last surviving member of the original suite. Thanks for joining me on this episode of I'm in Love With That Song here on the Pantheon Network, the network for music podcasts. Come find me on Facebook or on the website, I'mInLoveWithThatSong.com, where you'll find a whole bunch of episodes behind this one. Check them out. And if you enjoy the show, please subscribe to it so that you never miss an episode. I'll see you again in two weeks. For now, put on your satin trousers and crank it up, because here's sweet with Fox on the Run.
top tech companies like Intel have a secret to their success. They get the best talent, reliable infrastructure, and save on costs by expanding in Ohio, the new Silicon Heartland. Learn how your business can succeed in Ohio. Visit successinohio.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.